Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. In fact, wherever or whenever you're listening to this episode of the NI Golf Channel podcast, myself and Emma Self are back for another update. Well, Emma, how are you? I am grand. Thank you very much. I'm grand. There's been so, a lot of good golf recently, hasn't there? There has how been. We're in, the, we're in the guts of the golf season. Let me tell you, this is July, mm-hmm. August. This is where all the biggies happen. So what are we going to be talking about this week, Emma? Okay, so we're going to pick up on the Anya Donegan because her at the US Women's Open was pretty amazing. Absolutely class. Yeah, and uh, with the Open coming up, uh, I've been chatting to Graham Bat up at the Royal Port Rush because, believe it or not, it's only a couple of years away from going back to Royal Port Rush. Whoop, whoop. I know, now it's nearly Open Week. It is suddenly just two years in the class. Uh-huh. Uh, and, of course, we have our amateur round up as well. Let's not forget about that. Yeah. But before all of that, our usual quick roundup of some of the other golf news that's been floating about of recent weeks. So two of the big home draws have confirmed they will be playing at the ISPS World Invitational in August. So that's world number 12. Imagine world number 12, Leona Maguire and former champion Stephanie Meadow will both be back in action at Galgorm and Castle Rock. It's very, very exciting. Um, and also, we've got a bit more open news. The 154th Open, put my teeth back in, will be played at Royal Burkdale from the 12th to the 19th of July. That's in 2026. Uh, the Southport Lynx has, of course, previously hosted golf's original championship on 10 occasions, no less. The last of which was in 2017, which seems a long time ago, all of a sudden, when Jordan Spieth emerged victorious in a memorable final round duel with Matt Kutcher to lift the claret jug for the first time. Okay. Some that ridiculous shot is all you think about, isn't it? That yeah, recovery from the shot driving range. by the trucks. Yeah, Unbelievable. exactly. Unbelievable. Madness. But how was that six years ago? Anyway, anyway. Anyway, exactly. Onward. Make you feel old. So mm-hmm. Castle Warden's Lauren Mulch, she's making a professional debut right now, actually, on the LPGA tour at this week's Dana Open. Uh, Lauren's a two-time Curtis Cup player. She signed off her college career by winning the national championship in Arizona with Wake Forest. So she goes in with a bit of pedigree. Be interesting to see mm-hmm. how she gets on now. She's in as a sponsor's invite. Um, so I presume she's gearing up towards Q School, but she'll likely mm-hmm. get a few more starts as the, as the season progresses. Yes, fingers crossed. And Beth Coulter and Alex McGuire have been selected to represent Europe in the Patsy Hankins Trophy and Bonalic Trophy, respectively, against Asia Pacific at La Manga Resort, Spain, which is the 3rd to the 5th of August. Um, but before that, McGuire will be in action at the Open Championship open again in Royal Liverpool so this year's one. Alex was of course the winner of the Open Amateur Series which rewarded the top point scorer on the World Amateur Golf Ranking from the St Andrews Lynx Trophy Amateur Championship and European Amateur Championship. I think he safely okay. played his way into contention for the Walker Cup. What do you think Emma? I mean it, it sounds like it. I'm not really sure what else you would have to do to uh, to get there and that's um that's not far off sure it's not either no I think that's, that's going to be at St Andrews as well yeah mm. yeah so not far away and we couldn't sign off the, this episode without a shout out to the remarkable Bernard Langer so the 65 year old he won his 46th 
PGA <laughs> Tour Champions title with victory at the US Senior Open. So it's his 12th senior major title. He's the oldest player to win on the PGA Tour Champions. He's 65. He still looks like a whippet. The man <laughs> is a marvel. I don't know how he does it. What is he what like? Oh my goodness, wasn't that amazing to watch? Absolutely fantastic. Although, like we were saying previously, the commentator's curse nearly kicked in when the commentator was like, oh, Langer doesn't, all he's got to do is like pour his way in or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then he proceeded to start making bogeys and you're like, don't you dare, don't you dare grinch this because this is going to be fantastic. And sure enough, he, he langered his way to the end and it was all class and ridiculous records left, right and centre. So Isn't it just remarkable just how the appetite's so strong? And yeah. he's still got the game, you know, like oh. he doesn't need to play golf any longer. He <laughs> retired with millions. He could enjoy himself. I'm sure he could be a ambassador for any number of brands and coast into the sunset, but not a <laughs> bit of it. He still no. wants to compete. Incredible. Okay, so with thoughts returning to the Open at Hoylake this year, Paul spoke to Graham Bett, course manager of Royal Port Rush, about preparations for 2025. Graham Bett up at Royal Port Rush, our old mate. Graham, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Paul? Well, very good. So, Graham, listen, let's get stuck straight into things. No messing about today. If Shane Lowry walked up onto the first tee at Royal Port Rush at the Dunluce course tomorrow, would the course that he saw back in 2019 be the same course as he's playing now? Yeah, uh, some very slight changes, very slight tweaks that he might not, he might notice or he might not. Um, there's, we made a slight change to the first championship tee enlarged it. Um, the, I think the feeling was the grandstand around it; it was all just a little bit tight. Uh, with the media and the cameras and things there. Um, we changed the first green and the first approach slightly. Uh, front and left, um, the RNA for the open, we're keen to put a pin position there, but it's just too severe. Uh, so it's a little bit softer now, a little, little bit flatter. So that that's for those people who don't know. That's the when you when you head up to the first there, there's a there's a, a, a big false front on the first green. Yeah. Um, and if you if you don't carry it invariably you, you roll down the front into the bunker massive bunker on the left so the idea is to try and soften that off a wee bit yeah uh, slightly yeah so there's there's a couple of pin positions front left now which we didn't really have before um, and if you get it wrong you're still going to go in the bunker but I've done it a couple of times um, recently um, and then other changes we made yes yeah, Pretty subtle stuff, really. Um, put a new championship tee on the seventh, uh, the new par five or newish par five. So it's 606 yards now off the back tee. So um, I think I think the feeling was that where the original championship tee was to be, it would be a big challenge for the players to clear the bunker on the right-hand side, the big bunker, and... I think there were a couple of days where that hole played downwind and everyone more or less flew the bunker. So the tee's gone back about 15 yards, uh, 12 to 15 yards, something like that. Lovely. Love it. Um, so, yeah, there's we changed the 17th tee slightly and a, a bit of the 8th fairway, but um, 
yeah, largely it'll be the, the same course that he played in 2019. Um, oh. I think this winter we're going to add the championship tee on the fourth. Uh, that's the plan anyway, to go back 20, 25 yards. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, in terms of the greens and, and some of the work, you know, new seventh at a time, new eighth, um, has there been any extra work? You talked about the tain there as well. What about the greens and the Latin service and stuff? Any work there? Uh, the Yeah, the landing areas on seven and eight, we've softened a bit. There's really sharp sort of gather areas on them um, that we just found we were getting too much divot damage. So they've been softened off a little bit. Seventh green, uh, actually, a couple of years ago, we, we softened that slightly. Um, it's still got the same kind of feel about it, but it's it's softer. Um, and then some of the runoffs and the surrounds up the left are a little bit softer too. Yeah, very uh, good. It was, it was just a little a little bit sharp, maybe. So we'll refer to it as natural evolution rather than change and renovation. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I think... Some of the little changes we made have been things we've been talking about for quite a few years, and it was quite a nice chance to to get to do them. Um, little things like we seventeenth tee left of calamity. Um, if you stood on the tee for calamity at sixteenth par three, and you looked up to your left where everyone really aims at um, to be safe, unless you're some of these tour players, um, you just had this flat horizon line, which was the seventeenth tee. And there was an element of danger there as well. So we took off the right-hand side of the 17th tee and we added some dunes. Um, still low enough that you would see people standing on the tee, but it, it just makes the 16th feel, uh, gives it a better feel, I think. Yeah. And also, um, one of the great joys is standing on 17th tee and watching everybody miss calamity. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. If if you've just taken a six, what you want is to stand up in that tee and point to the people behind and say, right, you try it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that, that's, that, sounds like, a, as I said, general evolution. Yeah. In terms of your role now, Graham, and, and, and how things are developing, as we look ahead to 25 and the return, if I'd have spoken to you sort of this time, two years ahead of 2019, it would have been yeah. hectic. You had the dozers yeah. in. There was massive change going on. But that's all settled down now. The major work's settled. As you said, maybe a few tweaks made. But um, how, how has your role evolved in that regard? Is it all about preparation and, and peaking for 25? Or is there a schedule of works in place now that you're engaged in? Um, I think a bit of both, really. Uh, we thought we thought that the the lead up to to twenty twenty five would be a lot quieter for us, and we could just focus on the golf course. Um, there's quite a lot of other bits and pieces going on, so we're going to have a sort of a mixture of really trying to focus on Dunluce while improving other areas and making other changes. Um, in terms of the the Dunluce, um. Really, apart from that fourth tee I talked about, as the course plays, it'll stay pretty similar to the way it is at the moment. So we'll have a lot of bunker building and all that sort of stuff to do. Uh, maybe working on a few weaker areas of the course. And um, most of the 
most of the sort of heavy work that's going to be done will be done on spectator areas, um, spectator paths, catering areas, um, hospitality, village areas. Um, and I think I think for for the RNA as well, for first it was really sort of first modern open at Royal Port Rush. Um there were always going to be things that you could improve afterwards. And that's I suppose it's the same in anything, but to have that many people come to a, a fresh venue, um I think for them just to see where where the most popular areas and where maybe wasn't so popular. Um, so we're enlarging a few of those those catering areas and things. Yeah, um, so more uh, usable space. Yeah, just just on that, in terms of the debrief, um, and what was said to you afterwards in terms of how the course played, how the course uh, was viewed by both the players and TV and spectators and everywhere. What well, what did you learn, or or what what was the general feedback at the time? Um, well, I think prior to um, 2019, we'd, we'd sort of hoped for a drier open, but um, obviously we got quite a lot of rain. Um, I think the, there'd been a concern about, I suppose, our undulations, the wind, uh, dry weather, potentially uh, the green speed's getting out of control and we didn't have that at all. Um, we had sort of so much steady rain and warm weather. We had lots of growth, which meant we had to do more to get green speeds. Um, but the firmness was still quite good. But I think firmness is something that the RNA and the agronomy teams and ourselves were all sort of every open venue or every, I suppose every venue hosting tournaments wants to, to improve on um, and that's sort of done through various different methods but sort of hoping that the, the, the course plays a little bit bouncier next time Yeah, and there's, there's, let's be honest there's very little you can do about that if we end up with six weeks of rain before the Open Championship yeah. it's going to yeah. be wet When there was significant work done to redesign the Dunluce, they took a chance at the time to make changes to the valley. And now it looks like there's there's more changes in the pipeline as well. Is what's the state? What's the position with that ground? Yeah, I think when the court, when the changes were made to Dunluce, it was sort of forced changes on the valley really because we took land away from the valley. Um, and I think the new holes have been popular. Um, but I think there's a feeling that the valley could be better, um, or even better. Um, so part of the club's strategic plan that the members had all voted on was that they wanted two world-class golf courses. And the feeling was that the, the moment the valley maybe isn't that. Um, but in its own right, it's it's a really nice course. Like I, I play the valley most Sundays and as do most of the greenkeepers and a lot of the members at Royal Port Rush and everyone loves the valley. Um, but the feeling is it could be a bit stronger. I think for the likes of the the north of Ireland and and maybe even bigger championships, it's it's probably a little bit too easy. Um so we'd the club had briefed Martin Ebert um on the valley and said that they wanted lots of different teeing options so the the course would be playable for all, but also would be a challenge to 
um, really low handicap golfers or or maybe even professionals. Um, so, yeah, there's there's plans in place to um, redesign the front nine. So that would mean taking this, I don't know, Scary's land, which is uh-huh. closest to the town and closest yeah. to the beach. Uh, it was a par three course. Um, so the, there'd be two holes played inside that. Right, okay. Um, a par four playing out to the sea with lovely views over the sea and the Scaries and over to the town. Um, and then a par three across the dunes. Okay. And the current 18th would become the ninth, but it would be a dog leg left and it would be slightly longer. Um, and then some other holes changed within the, the existing course as well. Very good. And that, that the time frame for that is hopefully before Open 2025? Um, that's the idea. Yeah, it's still subject to planning and all that sort of stuff. So okay. um, the, that's sort of in process of, of being done now. But um, I suppose it's as a, all I can really say, it's subject to planning. Um, but I think yeah. the, the idea would be that it would be done as soon as possible. Yeah, um, very good. And, and, and Mr. Ebert's back in as well, doing a, trying to tweak it as well, which is good to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a very good close working relationship with the RNA people and the likes of Ebert and these guys? How how good is that relationship, Graham? How tight does it need to be? Um, it is good, yeah. It is good. I'd I'd um, have the odd sort of call and a chat, and then obviously they're over every so often. So I feel like we've got we've got a great working relationship, and we can all be open and honest with each other and. Uh, whether they like we like something or we don't like something, and that's kind of goes for all of us, I think. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we've got a good sort of relationship, and it, it feels like a team almost. Yeah, very good, very good. Now, finally, um, in terms of your own role, you're at the club now. I would say what eight years, eight years. Yeah, well, yeah, almost nine. It's almost fun. nine. So you're you're part yeah. of the furniture up there now. Um, mm. is it still what what you hoped it would be? It's been amazing. Uh, it's been amazing for for me personally, uh, for my family as well. They love it here, um, yeah. and I think it's it's a really friendly club. Um, it's a great place because the club always want to keep progressing and moving forward, and that means always improving things. And then you're never going to stagnate or be sort of <laughs> yeah there's always somebody in the background i've got an idea for for example yeah. the last time i was up i noticed yeah. that there'd been significant work done the old finishing hole now it's like a wee pitching and putting wee part three type area yeah so it's, it's actually been really popular there's a few members who maybe elderly members yeah. that don't get out on the the golf courses anymore they go round and round there um yeah. It's quite flat. It's an easy walk, but still good fun. Yeah, um, I thought I thought that was a great addition. There, it's, it's it's things like that. The club continues to 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 try and provide opportunities for everybody to play a bit of golf as well. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and it's good for juniors as well because they can you know run the ball off the tee, and there's not carries to try and get yeah. over rough and things like that. And I think we're gonna the club are gonna buy some hickory clubs. Um, and offer them to members and guests to go out and and sort of uh, play batter away. 
Yeah. I'll be fun. I don't think we'll go with that. Nice. Yeah, it'll be good fun. Well, Graham, listen, thanks for the chat as always and give us an update on, on the progress at Airport Rush. Um, I'm sure we'll catch you again. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Paul. All the best. I think you could say, Graham, Graham doesn't come across as the type of fella who would be particularly stressed at the best of times. <laughs> he, seems to have a, he seems to be pretty chilled, but like I remember talking to him two years prior to 2019. Oh, um, oh, the yeah. place was being dug up and all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. was going on. And uh, there was an awful, awful lot of work went on around Robert Rush. And now Louis says he's busy enough and there's a lot of work going on up there. There's certainly not the 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 massive attention on them that there's going to be. So, um, no, good luck. Relatively, yeah. Relative <laughs> calm. <laughs> relatively smooth sailing. Fingers crossed between now and and the the open returning. Anyway, mm-hmm. going to High Lake. We're obviously for those people who don't remember. That's where uh, Rory won his last uh, one and only open. His, I think it's his last major title, wasn't it? No, because the no. PGA back right. then was in August, wasn't it? Ah, so, that's right. So he went on to win that. Yeah. So he went on to win the PGA. And it was very confusing now because I still yeah. think I'm getting so, in my head that it's in May, but yeah. <laughs> COVID, 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 COVID. Um, Absolutely. So he's going back there. He's in good neck, of course. We always want him to win. Mm-hmm. But Rory being Rory, it's not been a great season. Um, I still think you'll have to put money on him. At this mm-hmm. stage, he'd like to put money on him. Um, he, he, he seems to be playing well. He just doesn't seem to, be able to get over the line. So I would definitely put money on him. I'm definitely going to put money on Shane again, just because it's the mm-hmm. Open Championship and if they get a bit of bad weather and Shane gets a bit inspired. Yeah. Um, and my outsider, outsider is Justin Rose, who's playing good golf oh. again at the minute. Oh, that is, that is a nice little, yeah, I like that. I like that. So I, a couple of weeks ago, when Ricky Farler came back to life before the US Open, put a little wager on him for this event. Now, goodness knows if he'll be able to keep up what's been going on, because it must have been as exciting and satisfying as his comeback of time, recent times must be. He must be flipping knackered, frankly. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in the Scottish um, the rest of this week. But I put a wee bit on him as he did finish runner-up to our lovely Mr. McElroy in 2014 as well. So he's got form around here as well. Um, and he does like a bit of links and he's in form or has been in form. So whether he's peaked or not, yeah, I don't show, know. But he, he seemed, that that was a wee while ago. So I don't know. We'll see how we go with that one. And I don't really know out, outsider-wise. I find the uh, great short by by Shane, by the way. I will be back on back on my app after the podcast. Um, yeah, but... My money where your mouth is for that one. Um, I don't know outside. I find it so hard at the Open because it's so different and you don't get to see them until pretty much this week. A lot of them for how they're going to get on on this kind of track. But oh, I don't know. Do you know what? I saw a bit of Max Homa playing earlier and he's always a bit of a dark horse. And I feel like he just chips, chips away to get to where he yeah, is now. Good, good idea, yeah. he, he, could be a, he could be a top tenner, I think, at the very least. So... That would be my curses for this time. Um, so we're looking forward to it. I always look forward to the Open. The Open really is a, yeah. a, a good event. You can sort of sit in front of your sky telly on from six o'clock in the morning to God knows when in the evening. And mm. all your montage packages will be rolling from early on, I presume. 
oh yes yes I will be bringing you on air on day one and day four which are obviously the most important days <laughs> are, are you are you based that are you heading down this this year are you going there no I will not be there myself nope I will be safely at Sky Towers but a fair number of my very good colleagues will be there making everything look seamless and fantastic and using all their technical know how to oh, give all the good. insight in the world so it'll yeah, be just, just it'll be talking about insight and seeing as how you do work in this tv world for a company <laughs> like skag to go to cover an open championship what is the planning like oh. um, you know how many people are we talking about do you know what i was thinking this the other day i don't actually know how many people will be on site because they obviously used to ever it used to be that everybody would have been on site and that would have been a couple of hundred people so we aren't what's called the host broadcaster so every camera and everything that's that's bringing the coverage isn't all run by us that's run by um european tour productions um who are sort of the production arm of the dp world tour as well they they are the people who cover all the european stuff week in week out um and this is their baby very much for the the world feed so we add on our own commentary so all the commentators and people will be on site this week where sometimes for us events they're not there anymore um we've got the open zone there so that's another goodness only knows 20 to 50 people I mean it's hard to say because it's such a long day like you've just said it's on from six until eight so there's split shift for almost every single role as well because you couldn't do that all day every day for you thinking from the preview shows kind of onwards so I genuinely don't actually know how many people are there but it's an awful lot and the production coordinators will probably cry themselves to sleep about how many people they've got to organize travel and accommodation for but it's it's a very slick thing now that they've you know, now they've got a good few opens under their belt, so to speak, over the last few years. It would be remiss for us to go through this podcast without getting into the whole Anya Donegan US Open story. The event was won by an American, Alison Carpouse, uh, but the 21-year-old from the Hinch turned out to be the star turn at Pebble Beach. Mm-hmm. She comfortably engaged with the media, engaged with fans, smiled and played lovely golf all the way through. She ultimately finished tied 45th, and it should be noted that Leona finished tied 31st. But there was mm-hmm. something about her that kind of really engaged the public. And it should be noted, she's accepted an invite to play in the Women's Irish Open. Ah. Um, I was just thinking before Brilliant. I come on that it's interesting now that how women's golf in Ireland is really has really gone up a level. So, for example, mm-hmm. you've got Olivia Stephanie, Leona, Lauren mm-hmm. Walsh, and Anya Donegan now, who who almost have become bigger than just a sport. Mm. You know what I mean? They are they're, Anya almost in the space of a week became somebody who became almost the national figure. Mm-hmm. So um, it it has it's a remarkable change in women's golf in stature. I'm sure a lot of people would say it's a long time coming, but it's always mm-hmm. worth mentioning. But her talk and chat as she walked <laughs> along the fairway on the second day was something to be you know a, a veteran wouldn't have talked like that she was incredible no, you're right you're right you're right so natural you can imagine the sponsors lining up for her mm, rubbing their hands together in glee yes absolutely 
you know you do I suppose it's not even that thing you know when somebody plays really well and they play without you know the world on their shoulders and stuff and you really oh well that's youth and blah 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 because it's a totally different thing to be able to talk like that and keep playing and you know be playing at pebble and and being the US women's open you know it's like so many things that uh, to be able to do all of that at once and just be having some crack basically I mean to, to yeah. was, it was it was like I don't know like I would imagine the tourist board were like please come we hello <laughs> we, we want you <laughs> she's just yeah like, just, you know just, just on the national tv in America um just <laughs> walking along the fairways of Pebble Beach and it didn't put her off she had the blind shot in them after mm-hmm. that Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole backstory with obviously, you know, the clubs are even broken. Um, oh. She nearly didn't play anything. One of her mates, I think it was one of the Anna Dawson, I think, one of her mates had this sort of talk her into it. And she's not even like, I'm not in any way denigrating her, like, but her, she's, she's, you know, she's not, she's not one of Ireland's leading amateur players. Mm-hmm. She's 144th in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the likes of Lauren, who's just turned pro, Beth Coulter, Anna Foster, they're all ahead of her. Um, mm-hmm. I, I say she's announced that she's definitely going to stay on and, and finish her university, which is yeah. fair play to her, a very good thing to do. But um, I think it, it, as I said, I think it says an awful lot about um, where women's golf is now in Ireland and hopefully mm-hmm. where it can get to in the future. But it would be interesting to see what happens now with Anya because I'm sure the temptation would be to bite the bullet and jump absolutely well the fact is that she said she hadn't and then you've also got example you know like Leona obviously played her way and lots of people would have been like what are, why are you not why are you not and she just had her own you know path in place didn't she and that's worked out pretty well to be fair so I think it's interesting that there are also really high level examples of of both ways of doing it as well so you don't hopefully feel the pressure of maybe I should do it now while I'm in that place Right, I'm I'm at golf time what have I got? Right, okie dokes, so La Hinch has been announced as the place that's going to stage the 51st Walker Cup between Great Britain and Ireland and the United States of America and that's going to be on Saturday the 5th and Sunday the 6th of September uh, in 2026. La obviously renowned links which is situated on the northwest coast of County Clare and it'll host the international match for the first time in its history when the two sides meet in the biennial, I can't speak, biennial encounter so it's obviously moving I think from 2026 back to being even number years so we get two Walker Cups in a row and that one will be at Lynch which is great. Um, It's funny like uh, Anya's obviously from Lynch she plays out of Lynch Mm -hmm. and in the same week she does her bit of magic (laughs) and we have the the, the Walker Cup (laughs) one there which is brilliant for Mm. So John Doyle, who's a member of Photo Island, and Kiva O'Grady, who's from Royal Dublin, uh, are the Irish Boys and Girls Close Championships, respectively. Um, John beat Mazarine's Noah Bickerstaff 3-1 and one in the final at Monkstown, while in the girls' event, O'Grady got her maiden girls' title after beating Katie Poots from Knock 1-Up. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Galway golfer Joe Lyons claimed his first ever national individual title when he took home the Irish men's senior amateur close championship at Strandhill following a comprehensive five and four win over Sarah Heavey, who's from County Sligo. Uh, Tracy Aiken, Dukes, won the Irish senior women's amateur close after a narrow one-up win against rival Laura Webb from Royalport Rush in the final. And then the women's Peggy Nelson Trophy, that's the Ulster section, took place at the Murray Golf Club uh, on July the 3rd with 180 players involved. The overall winners of the event were St. Patrick's Golf Club with 82 points. Uh, Manning Castle runners up with 81, followed by Dunmurray on 80. Very close though, very tight results there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last bit for you, which you may know about already, but Alan Gaynor was crowned at the 2023 Irish Open for players with a disability champion after two rounds at Roganstown Golf Club. Gaynor storms to an impressive nine-stroke victory over Monkstown's Colin O'Sullivan after he added a final round 77 to his opening 75 to give him a total of 10 over par. Germany's Jennifer Schrager, I hope that's how you pronounce your name, Jennifer, uh, finished in third place, one shot further back and was the leading female in the tournament. And another person who played in that tournament was... Dun, dun, mm. And I got Channel's very own Paul Kelly. And yeah. how was that then? Was it um, was it ex- excellent and yes. experience as it sounds it would be? Very good. If you remember last year was the very first one and mm-hmm. the field somewhere in the region of 30-ish, 32, 33, I can't remember exactly. This year with over 70. Seriously, yeah, I didn't realize yeah. It was over that seventy, many. yeah, Fantastic. yeah, yeah, over seventy, and a couple of a uh, couple of people from the states and uh, a fair few from <gasps> Europe. Um, it really went very well. Uh, a great tournament. I'm, I was kind of gutted because it's two rounds. I don't obviously play two rounds together an awful lot. The body doesn't like it. But no. there was, I actually finished tied eleventh in my section, and I was tied <gasps> fifth overnight. Tied fifth overnight, <sighs> and there was. Eight holes over the 36 ruined me. So towards oh. the end of the first day, I mm-hmm. just as the round was dragging on, I was doing all right. And I finished very badly, threw away a clatter of shots. And then the very next day, it, there was like a torrential spell of weather for about an hour, which hammered mm-hmm. us over the opening five or six holes. And I was appalling there as well. <laughs> so I give away a rake of shots over those eight holes. Other than that, oh. I played actually quite nicely. So it was kind of, I, I'm great. normally quite blasé about it all, but I was actually quite annoyed afterwards because I thought to myself, <gasps> I actually could have, you know, if I, if I could have concentrated uh-huh. and held oh. it together for long enough, I could there have maybe have competed. But listen, from, from the tournament's point of view, for uh, we've talked a lot about disability and inclusive golf here. Um, to see it going so well is brilliant to see so many local players playing was brilliant to see a local lad winning it was even better um yeah so yeah this whole inclusive golf thing a bit like the women's golf it's taken over it's taken off there's a bit of momentum behind it so it's great to be involved now i don't know there's a lot of young talented players out there i'm getting to be an old fogey now there's i just wish it had happened when i was 35 instead of close to 55 you'll just have to become the langer of the circuit (laughs) i don't think i don't think i will ever be as fit as bernhard langer i wish i I wish but anyway we'll look forward to it again next year Uh, um it's it's a great event and uh a great social thing as well. It's great to get to meet people and meet people from England and all over the place. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, make some good friends. So that that's good. So uh, yes, no no trophies. However, 
um, a great Next experience. Year. Next year it'll be. <laughs> and that's us. Emma, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We're still on our social medias. You still find us on Twitter and Facebook. Emma, can I ask you a question? Uh, do right. you follow uh, the NI Golf Channel podcast on Facebook? On Facebook? I think I do. Well, I, I, I thank you. I would like you to check, please. And uh, I'm going to check right now. I, I'm going to, I don't want to publicly shame you, obviously, but. And I golf channel. Yeah, I do. Following. <laughs> there you go. Very see. good. Very good. Like to hear it. Like to see it. Yep. Um, yep. And next time we're back, we'll probably be looking ahead to the ISPS Honda. Hopefully, we might have a wee bit more news about the women's. Uh, Irish Open and we've got the Irish Open as well coming up so actually September August and September is when the big tournaments are coming to Ireland so it's going to be good Alright don't touch me See woo Shaking that ass Shaking that ass Shaking that ass See woo Shaking that ass Shaking that ass Shaking that ass